The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Beloved, we welcome you on this baccalaureate Sunday. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selections of forms of service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us come Sunday. On this special Baccalaureate Sunday, especially we welcome to the leadership of the service and the presence in the chancel, our president, Dr. Robert A. Brown, the 10th president of Boston University, our provost, Dr. Jean Morrison, the chief academic officer of the university, our baccalaureate honoree and speaker, Bishop Peter Weaver, our choir, our chaplains, our congregation, friends, families, and especially the graduates of 2013. On this day, especially, we listen here and there to voices, singing, susurrating voices, full of gaiety and gladness and joy and happiness, which is spiritual nourishment for us here in Boston, Boston Strong 2013. That is, this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are grateful for this glorious day that we are gathered together here in your name. We ask you to bless our students. We ask you to bless our staff. We ask you to bless the faculty and this wonderful university. We thank you for the many gifts that you have given us. In this time of Pentecost, which imbues us with wisdom and truth from the Holy Spirit, we call upon the Holy Spirit to come upon our graduating class so that they may know the gifts and bring those gifts to all the world. And we ask this in all ways, in all times, in the name of our Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A lesson from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. The word of the Lord.
A lesson from Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, 9 to 13. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. The word of the Lord. be seated. We gather into our presence and fellowship 
this morning, those who may be listening from afar, from Falmouth or Gloucester or Route 90 or around the globe, we invite you by the mind's eye and in imagination to place yourselves here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, chapel chancel and nave and balcony and those listening in the parlors and rooms beneath by video feed. That is, we welcome you to help us welcome as our guest speaker this morning, Bishop Peter D. Weaver. Bishop Peter D. Weaver was born into a parsonage family in Greenville, Pennsylvania. He studied at West Virginia Wesleyan College, Drew University, and Boston University, was ordained a deacon in the United Methodist Church in 1967, and an elder in 1969, and was elected to the episcopacy in 1996. In Pittsburgh, he served as pastor of the Whitaker United Methodist Church and as senior pastor of the historic Smithfield United Church and the First United Methodist Church. During, this, during his time in Pittsburgh, he launched ministries serving a broad range of people, from urban children to corporate leaders. He was co-founder of the Bethlehem Haven Shelter for Homeless Women and helped start the interfaith One Voice Against Racism movement. He also wrote for various publications, had a weekly radio program, and taught at Drew Theological Seminary and Pittsburgh Theological School. After he was elected bishop, he served the Philadelphia area until 2004. Over 30 new congregations were started, and he established major new partnerships with the Nigeria and Congo conferences. He also served on the boards of Drew University, Albright College, and Wesley College as a part of the Leaders Forum of Philadelphia and a founding member of the Good Schools Pennsylvania Public Education Reform effort. In 2004, Bishop Weaver was assigned to the New England Conference with more than 600 congregations and partnerships with churches in West Angola and Nicaragua. From 2004 to 2006, he was president of the Council of Bishops of the United Methodist Church, serving and visiting churches worldwide and he served on the Board of Trustees of Boston University from 2004 to 2012. In retirement, he has begun a four-year term as Executive Secretary of the Council of Bishops in Washington, D.C. Will you join me in welcoming Bishop Weaver, his wife Linda, and his family to our fellowship this morning? Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ and the God who created us all. What a joy it is for me to be here, and frankly, what a surprise it is for me to be here. Uh, President Brown, thank you for the invitation, unexpected but deeply appreciated. For I come this morning uh, before those of you who are trustees, former colleagues of mine on the board, and faculty and administration, and those of you who are students and parents to simply give my thanks to God for this university and for those of you who with creative courage are giving such wonderful stewardship to what I like to call the, the incarnation of imagination that is this university. Thanks be to God. Now, frankly, I am surprised 
uh, to be giving the baccalaureate sermon. After all, Morgan Freeman is here, and he has been God. <laughs> Twice. But he's maybe doing more important things. <laughs> but it is uh, also a joy to uh, see parents uh, here uh, we give thanks to God for your nurturing. Uh, the parents are the ones uh, with the relieved look on their faces and sometimes surprised looks. Uh, it, without your support and your encouragement and your love, uh, we would not be here celebrating the 2013 graduates. And finally, I give thanks to God for those of you who are the 2013 graduates. I've been, uh, this is not my customary practice, but I've been following the tweets on Twitter from BU. And uh, I have seen several times the affirmation by the graduates that they are 2013 BU strong. And we know that that strength of mind and heart and character and faith have been demonstrated not only through the years you've been here, but also particularly in these last five weeks. Thanks be to God for the strength that is found in God and in community. And I particularly want to thank Dean Hill and those who minister here at the center the spiritual center of this university for the extraordinary and compassionate love and grace with which you have brought persons into the love of God and love for one another through these particular times. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. Now, I uh, walked across the plaza this morning, and as I did so, I remembered last year at baccalaureate being out on that same Marsh Plaza. And there was a young man talking with his loved ones. I think uh, his father and mother were in the circle and I er overheard him say, he said, uh, this is a dream come true. To which his father without skipping a beat said, and what's your next dream? I presume he was hoping it wasn't coming home. <laughs> it's a good question. What's the next dream? What is the next dream? It reminded me of one of the treasures of Boston University, uh, our distinguished professor of humanities, university professor of humanities, and uh, philosophy and religion, the survivor of the Holocaust, Elie Wiesel, and a book that he wrote a few years ago entitled The Uprooted, and a phrase he crafted in that particular book as the central character, Gamaliel Friedman, is reflecting upon life and the challenges that he's faced, challenges like Wiesel himself faced often in being uprooted, challenges some of you who are graduates may be feeling about being uprooted. And in the novel, 
Gamaliel says this. He reflects upon those of us who are humans and how we as humans are the restless, mysterious shadow of a dream, God's dream. And then Gamaliel reflects further. I want to dream with my eyes open. We've all been created in the Imago Dei, the the image of God. We are that that restless, mysterious, uh, yearning, reaching dream for what's the next dream. And we are called in the university to take on the purpose and mission of opening eyes so that we may dream with eyes open. Every time I walk across that plaza, I remember being a student here in the late 60s and early 70s and how the plaza was the gathering place for everything from witnesses to protests to sharing candy apples to, uh, to dreaming dreams. And, and I recall how when there were the protests against the war at that time, the plaza would be packed. Some of you will remember that. And, and, and one of the songs that we sang regularly was, last night I had the strangest dream I ever had before. I, I, I dreamed the world had all agreed to put an end to war. It's now over 40 years since I remember singing that song on the plaza and what has happened? War and rumors of war and more wars. We walked in this morning with our bags being checked. Uh, The brokenness, the the violence, the the short-sightedness of what it means to be human community so evident all around us still on the edge of this plaza in this chapel place. I suggest this morning that to dream with eyes open is in the DNA of Boston University. Uh, To open our eyes. What happened? That those dreams have not and other dreams taken hold. Well, some of us became self-absorbed. The big dream turned into the petty me, my, mine schemes. It turns from the promise of the great good to the peril of the great Gadsby. We went to be conformers to the world, as Paul said to the Romans, rather than transformers of the world. A time of confession for me. Dreams without deeds, you see. Dreams without deeds are simply daydreaming. And deeds detached from great dreams can simply be a way of sleepwalking through life. Also on Marsh Plaza today, there stands Sergio Castillo's monument to BU graduate Martin Luther King Jr. It's titled, Free at Last, echoing the last lines of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech delivered now 50 years ago this August. 
What is often forgotten about that speech is that it was delivered with eyes open to the tough realities that it is not just the dreams, but it is the dream that nurtures action that finally brings the transformation. What is forgotten is that the the dream that was nurtured in Dr. King at this university expanded beyond civil rights to matters of war and peace and to matters of poverty because in our racism and in our wars and in our poverty, all is either destroyed or diminished. Human beings, this restless, mysterious shadow of a dream that is humanity, that is God, is wounded. You know that that sculpture has these multitude of doves that begin to ascend from the memorial. The thing that has always interested me is that those doves fly out from the university towards the city, towards the world. They go as we must go launched from this university with eyes open to do the work of peace, to fly in the face of injustice, to soar and not be brought down by disappointment or despair. As Dr. King affirmed, in spite of the difficulties and frustrations and bag checks, he didn't say that, I did. (laughs) In spite of that of the moment, he said, I still have a dream. Do you? Do we? I love to stand in the plaza, don't you? Just looking towards Commonwealth Avenue, and I love the name of that avenue, Commonwealth. And beyond it, the T-stop. If the dreams of peace and justice and Commonwealth equally shared and equality for all and beauty and wholeness and the true Commonwealth of resources and community empowerment and the care for the environment are to become a reality, then the dream and the dream doers must get on the MBTA and go to the financial district, to government center, and to the arts district, to Roxbury, and over to Dorchester where eight-year-old Martin Richard, who was killed in the marathon bombings, talked of coming to Boston University and held up his dream on a blue poster board, no more hurting people. Peace. The DNA of this university is that it is not just about education. It is about education that opens the eyes so that we can dream, that opens the eyes to reality and to knowledge, that stirs the dreams until there is an incarnation of imagination in the lives of people and the world all about us. It's the story of this university whose very DNA, I would suggest, can be translated dreams nurturing action. DNA. This has been an institution that's never been content with mimicking others or conforming in the words of Paul to the Romans. Rather, this has been an institution with a history about transforming dreams, nurturing action, reflecting the imagination of God. Three Methodists 
Lee Claflin and Isaac Rich and Jacob Sleeper, who believe that every person is a restless, mysterious shadow of a dream, God's dream, also believe that every person deserves the opportunity for education. And in the middle of the 1860s, this nation shattered by the Civil War, those three men and others who joined them had their eyes wide open, had a dream of a university to welcome everyone, men, women, all races, economic statuses, those of all religions or no religion. This was a radical notion that was embedded in the imagination of God for God's world and people. Those three were already trustees of a little theological school that had moved from Vermont to New Hampshire and had a vision of coming on down to Boston. Their dream was a compelling dream, so compelling that when Harvard University, which some of you know is across the river, heard the idea of this little theological school coming to Boston, Harvard University offered to take it under its wing. But no, no, they refused the invitation because they had heard a larger invitation from God. They wanted women and men. They wanted blacks and whites. They wanted the poor and the elite to be a part of this gift of education that comes out of the imagination of God for the growth and development of restless, mysterious shadows of God's dream, humanity. They were so committed to this kind of education that they also made the commitment that it would be totally free for everyone. Well, there's still some dreams we're working on. <laughs> A development officer will be at the door to take your checks. But Isaac Rich, when he got to the door of the dream, he was so moved that he gave his entire fortune to Boston University. Now get this, before there was any faculty, before there were any students, before there were any buildings, he gave what was the largest single contribution that had ever been given to an American college or university at that time, $1.5 million. He wanted to be a part of the incarnation of a new imagination and a new university. That's our DNA. Dreams, nurturing, action. And so we could go down the list. I need to check the time because it's a long list. I'll give you a short version. Here the first woman to receive a PhD from any university graduate. Here, the first woman to receive a degree in theology. Here, she graduated. Here, the first black psychiatrist in America graduated from the medical school. Here, the first woman admitted to the Massachusetts bar graduated from the law school. Here, Edgar Helms had, a, had his eyes wide open to the poor and in conjunction with Boston University started Goodwill Industries. Here, Alexander Graham Bell 
with his eyes wide open to the needs of the deaf, strung wires across the classroom and began to ticker with electricity to see if he could improve hearing devices. And, and the president, President Brown, and the dean, uh, Provost Morrison, got ahead of Alexander Graham Bell and went to him and said, we share your dream. We want to give you your full salary for the next year before the year even starts. So you can focus on the dream becoming a reality. Take note, faculty. Eyes open to pursue truth, to confront injustice. Eyes open to experimentation and exploration. That's in the DNA of this university. Creating a community of dreamers and a community of actors that together, with eyes wide open, are about transformation. And so I read in BU Today that another young man by the name of Alex, who's a freshman here, saw a, a blank, ugly wall at one of the parking lots and had a dream of a mural. And one day, and many others, but one day of senior week, just this last week, was devoted to a community of dreamers and doers coming together, and that mural is beginning to transform that wall and the lives of those who have worked together in it. And with eyes wide open to the environmental crisis, instead of wearing polyester gowns this commencement, the uh, graduates will be in 107,000 recycled half-liter bottles. Well, they've been reformed <laughs> into gowns and turned red, of course. Old stories, existing stories, and today, future stories of dreams nurturing action begin. Not only in the outstanding global academic and strategic initiatives being taken by President Brown and the Board of Trustees and the faculty, but in what you and I will dream and do as we go forth. Even Professor Ellie Wiesel, he's now 84, said a week ago to a reporter in Chicago, I get the feeling I've just begun. <laughs> I have so much else to do. What about you? What's your next dream? So we will walk out across Marsh Plaza once again. And as you go, I invite you this morning to pause and to ponder by the ascending doves. Think about the caring and compassion that have gathered in that plaza so many times and more recently for a memorial remembering of Lingzi Lu. Stand there at the memorial and, and think about her and how she came to Boston University as a dream come true, along with her dream of green tea ice cream and blueberry pancakes. But, but, with eyes wide open, she had larger dreams, next dreams, that included a transformed world. 
stretching out from BU through that harbor that is in the front of the seal of Boston University. Purposely, Dan Marsh says, put there to remind this university that it is about the world beyond us, both welcoming those into that harbor and going out of that harbor for transformation. And as you stand there and remember Lingzi, hear the echo of the words of her parents, and I quote, we want to encourage others who have Lingzi's ambition and dreams and want to make the world a better place to continue moving forward. Let us dream with our eyes open, eyes open to the sometimes terrible and sometimes tremendous realities of the world around us, with our eyes open to the new knowledge and exploring, with eyes open to beauty and justice, with eyes open to the promise of the great good, to, to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, as Paul wrote, Eyes open to the marvel of love that is genuine and the power of loving one another. Eyes open to hope so all God's people everywhere and anywhere can rejoice. Eyes open to welcoming the stranger and taking the common wealth way. Finding the common ground. Finding community. As is Boston University for our living. Let us dream with wise eyes open to the signs and wonders and amazing grace of God. For we are the others, Lingzi parents were talking about. You and me, all of us together. Forward, they said. That's where we now go, dreaming with our eyes open. Go with God, go in peace. Amen.
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and eternal. We pray today for our graduates here at Boston University. We give thanks for their achievements. We give praise for their wisdom and understanding. And we ask you to guide them to hear the sound of the genuine in themselves, that they may continue to excel in leadership, scholarship, and service, that they may come alive to lives of fulfillment and joy, and that they may prosper and flourish in their vocations. We pray for the parents, families, and friends of our graduates. We give thanks for their accompaniment to this point. We give praise for their perseverance and dedication. And we ask you to empower them in a new manner of nurture and guidance that they may find ongoing joy and satisfaction in the accomplishments of their graduates, that our graduates may continue to find nourishment in the traditions and values of their roots, and that they together may enter into a new manner of relationship in mutuality and partnership. We pray for the faculty, staff, and administrators who have guided this class of graduates throughout their years of study. We give thanks for their leadership, scholarship, teaching, and service. We give praise for their graceful presence and compassionate shepherding. We ask you to empower them to persevere in the ongoing work of forming, informing, and transforming students at Boston University that they may find ongoing fulfillment in teaching and guiding as sources of inspiration for their scholarship, that their striving for wisdom and understanding may bear fruit in compassionate service of this community and the world, and that future classes of graduates may attain to similar and greater heights of achievement as those who graduate today. We pray for the greater Boston University community of students, faculty, staff, and alumni. We give thanks for the greatness this university has achieved and will achieve to the divine glory. We give praise for the great cloud of witnesses who provided and provide vision for this campus and community of learning, virtue, and piety. And we ask you to inspire our hearts and minds to pursue and attain to even greater knowledge and insight. That the ordering of our society and its affairs might be improved, that justice and mercy might prevail, and that your glory may be known upon the earth. We pray this morning for the members of the class of 2013 who have died. Austin Brashears, Binland Lee, Daniela Lecknow, Lu Lingzi, Kanagala Sashadri Rao, and Christopher Weigel. Grant to them eternal rest, O God, and may light perpetual shine upon them. 
Grant consolation and peace to their families and friends and to those who mourn. And guide our community toward healing, wholeness, and reconciliation. In all of these things, we fulfill your command, O God, as we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And so we offer you all praise and glory this day. Amen.
class of 2013, may your time here in Boston not have been in vain. May you never look back and call these the absolute best years of your life. May you never stop learning. May you find a career. Barring that, may you find work. Barring that, may you find peace in the search. May you never be in want for loving friends nor quiet solitude. May you live the life to which God is calling you. To quote author Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. Fellow graduates, friends, family, colleagues, faculty, staff, administrators, you are, each of you, a child of God. It is my most sincere prayer that you go forward from this place and be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. To be shamelessly trite, may you be you. Amen.